Openly Underdog Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cameron. Right now, I'm a good friend, Luke Nolan. He uh, owns a coffee shop here in a small town in Houston, Groveland called Roseville, California. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. Um, so, I got a couple questions for you. I'm trying to pull them up right now. Hit me, dude. Um, so, I'll ask, I guess, like, first starting. So, I've seen the shop from its, like, origin setup, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's, like, basic, like, like its inception, I guess you could say. So, how uh, how has that changed from what you guys had first set up? Because we're sitting in, like, your back office right now. But yeah. this used to be, like, a like a, a study room. Or yeah, like, this used to be, like, the back room, couches, and had... Everyone used to say it felt like my living room, <laughs> or like uh, walking into a bachelor pad. So, I'd say the main thing that's changed for us is we just are we've kind of refined the vision, okay, and like the look and the feel of the place a little bit more. Um, I'm sure, everyone will see later, like just the more modern look, clean lines, right, actually, right. like real furniture instead of so whatever I could find on the side of the street. There you go, man. <laughs> hey. That works. I mean, well, I think that's that's the thing now is that like nobody wants to pay for like four hundred dollar IKEA furniture, so yeah. you know, like why not like refurbish something that's like totally, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not too much into like, thrift shopping, but like if you could do it for like furniture, like it, you know, like I had a, a chair that I just sanded down for like five bucks, and it looks like something that should have been like five hundred bucks. So, yeah. You know why not? But that was one of the things we did, uh, even like in the new build out, is we took some wood and stuff from like the deconstruction uh-huh. and we recycled it back and made it into just like nice furniture and some local people helped out with that which is cool very cool yeah. so gotta ask why uh the shop's called four score why is it called four score what's with the uh what's with the abe lincoln theme going on yeah so um what's pretty amazing is all the i would say all the best parts of four square coffee I didn't come up with them, uh-huh. which is pretty awesome. <laughs> and um, when I was working at Bloom Coffee, also in Roseville, I uh, had a friend named Steve who would come in, and he was really critical of coffee. Okay. And when we were initially starting up Fourscore, it was just a bunch of guys who said, "You got to leave Bloom. You got to start your own coffee shop." And Steve was one of those guys. Right. And so in that initial like meeting, him and I just sat down and we were just like brainstorming. If we really did this, what would it look like? Right. And at that time it was myself and Steve and two other guys. So there were four of us. And we were thinking, okay, it's in Old Town. So we want something that like captures Old Roseville. But also it's on Lincoln Street. So maybe we need something that's like Lincoln something. Uh, all right. But we realized, well, Lincoln, California is 10 minutes up the road, so we can't call it Lincoln's Coffee because people will just think it's a Lincoln. And so he's like four, we got four guys, maybe like four pillars, or like he's thinking of all this random stuff, and somehow he's like four score. Okay. Four right. score in seven years ago. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. So we're on Lincoln Street. That's cool. Also, the first time that the city of Roseville participated in a national election, was when they elected Abraham Lincoln wow. as president. Did not know that. So, okay. um, yeah, so that's kind of an interesting fact. I may be getting that, like, a little tweaked, but somehow it was, like, one of the first big elections. Maybe Makes it was the sense, first though. time they participated in a presidential election. Right. Because um, California was 
pretty young at that time, you know. Huh. So interesting stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, knew, I, I didn't know. Well, I looked outside when I came inside, and like some of those streets are like Church Street and stuff like that. It seemed like kind of like some cool names for streets, I guess. Yeah. Not like your atypical like street names. So yeah, it's interesting. I have to go back out there and do that. I think that's like one of the things about this part is. You know, it's super, it's super old, it's from the late 1800s, and so like Church Street is where the main Methodist church was. Okay. Main Street is just like the biggest street. Washington Boulevard, you have another presidential, and then paralleling that, you have Lincoln. So they're just like literally naming everything to... Yeah, just super basic. <laughs> you know, like, hey, Chris, what should we name this street? Oh, let's call it Lincoln. Uh, we saw barrels here, let's name it barrels. Yeah, barrels. <laughs> whatever random crap they saw sitting around. That's pretty funny. Okay, so explain, I mean, we kind of kind of got on onto it, but explain to those who hadn't seen it. This was in, this was originally before this was like two separate buildings or, yeah, and then so, you guys knocked out all the walls and stuff, what did you? So we had, when we originally rented it, it was 800 square feet. Okay. And it was really long, narrow space. And when you walked in, it was about 10 feet by 15 feet, maybe. Um, actually, that's a little generous probably 10 feet wide and only 12 feet deep and then it kind of had a little alcove on the side that maybe went to like 15 feet but there was really nowhere to sit uh, it used to be a marijuana dispensary oh okay. that's why when you walked in there was like a wall that went up in front of you and there was a window cut out and that window um, used to have security glass and you would pass your cash in there and they'd pass you your weed so um they had, and then it had like that locked door that was on the side. And so right. when we started, we that door was always unlocked, and we would come out and give people their drinks because most people had to sit outside. So right. we'd walk out there, give them their drinks, and then it was kind of like the elite people, like our friends, would come <laughs> on this through that door and stand on the side and just watch us. That's interesting. Um, okay. And basically, we we like everything that looked like that marijuana dispensary. We covered with white paint and pallet wood. Yeah. And we, we signed the papers and for the lease, and then we opened up the next day. We just painted everything white and put pallet wood on everything. <laughs> and our friend just wrote a menu of chalk. There you go. We just opened up. Then we opened up on 7 p.m. on a Saturday night. So it from like a business standpoint, you guys also had some, like, uh, you guys had some issues though too with totally. Blake. Can you explain that? Yeah, so, get too so basically, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta go down before you can go right. back up. Um, so, the downward spiral began with one of our four guys was an attorney. Okay. And so, not long after we uh, opened, he he decided he was gonna join the military. And his job was kind of like, hey, I'm gonna get the business license. I'm gonna do all this technical stuff. And um, he kind of passed that all off onto us. Well, as you know, all I had ever done is make coffee. Right. Exactly. So I just, I'm just like, hey, I'm just gonna make coffee and make it as good as I can. And then my other partner who uh, came up with the name, he quit right before we opened because he he was having a baby. Okay. And he bought a house That'll like two weeks before. <laughs> And so in the planning phase, he just got really nervous, and he said, you know what, I think I better not do this right now. Huh. So it went from four down to three, and one guy left for the military, and so the two of us who were left, we didn't really know how to do any of that legal, technical stuff. Right. We just knew business, like, as from the from the side of, like, marketing and produce product, yeah. customer relations. We didn't, I had no idea what I was doing, like, 
don't ever do this. <laughs> don't ever start a business uh, until you like read a lot of books that discourage you. No, just kidding. But like, I had no idea how to do any of that stuff, and so we just kept charging ahead. We just kept making drinks, and we just kept serving people and just posting on Instagram. And through that process of him going to the military, um, he got deployed, and we said, you know what? We think it'd be better if we bought you out, and because it's just not really working out. Right. Uh, so that was a little bit of you know some rubbing, and it was difficult. But in the end, we all agreed on a price, and we bought him out, and you know with with good faith said you know go and serve, and we'll just continue the best that we can and learn the hard way. So eight months in, uh, the health department got yep. an anonymous tip uh, <laughs> that we were operating illegally, which we were. Gotcha. Um, but we didn't really know that. Like in the back of my mind, I knew everything wasn't perfect. Right. But we just kept going. But and from so, a business standpoint, you guys weren't like making this. It's not like you're like, yeah, let's do this illegally. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just knew that we probably weren't. Uh, it's kind of like when you're driving with your tags expired. Right. You know, you're like, I know I'm going to have to do that at some point, but yeah. I can still drive from A to B and hopefully I just don't get pulled over. Gotcha. And so. Yeah, we knew we knew we were screwing up. At least I did. And um, then, yeah, they came in. They're like, "What are you guys doing? Like, you never called us. You told us you're opening the business." Uh -huh. And so we said, "You know what? We've done we've done the wrong thing, and now someone's told us what exactly we've done wrong." Right. And so we uh, we had a great meeting with her, and we walked through the whole place. And she said, "You know what? You guys have been so great. I'm going to give you this a lot of time." time period but you need to close down at the end of it huh, okay. and um, and then you need to redo some of this stuff so at that point the space next door became available right before that and we said you know what F it let's just go crazy let's just tear all this down mm. let's just rebuild the whole thing exactly the way it should be and better gotcha. and we thought that would take about three to six months took 14 months Ooh. so Ooh. It was really tough but yeah <laughs> all those all those struggles were like a refining fire gotcha which is good. so how do you uh from a business standpoint i'm sure there's people who are interested because you don't have you have a degree or no, no schooling in it at all yeah. so i went to one one semester at sierra <laughs> and i loved it i actually loved college and i think everyone should should go to college unless they know exactly what they want to do and they have a clear path. But, but that's kind of like the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, like, I think that's like hidden key on like the entrepreneurial spirit though. Like, I mean, I don't think, I think there's people who are like, if I know how to run a business, why, why go to school for it? And then I think yeah. at the same time, like school's good for it too. Cause it's like, you'll learn like all the legal stuff that maybe like nobody knew all totally. that, but I don't think they can teach you like, Hey, like, you know, these are the kind of customers you're going to get and stuff like that. None of that. I don't think can be actually yeah. be, like taught in school or like, I don't know. There's part of it that there's like, I mean, like, there's like a street value to it that you're gonna learn from like your side of things I think and then there's a street or then there's like a book smart side of it that you can get from school probably but yeah but I think you guys I mean to be well how did you guys survive the year without copy unless you guys were like well it was great because my partner had his own business already oh, okay. and so he was able to sort of fall back and just go back to focusing on that and 
he always had income from that. Gotcha. And what I did was uh, went back to my old boss and said, can I have my job back? Gotcha. Um, actually, I didn't go back to Bloom, which was the coffee shop job. I went back to my old, old boss from when I was in high school. Oh, okay. Who was a cabinet maker. Gotcha. And, um, ah, okay. <laughs> he built all the cabinets for here, and I installed them, and, and um, he's a great friend, a family friend. Went to high school with my dad. And I said, hey, I just need some work, you know, for a while. And, you know, I thought it was going to be a couple of months. And it ended up being like a year. But what was great in that is it um, kept me grounded and kept me um, working with my hands. Right. And I was able to do a lot of work here. And about two two to three months before we opened, I, I quit. I was also working at a restaurant that a friend opened. Nick's Taco, have you been there? No. You yeah. got to go to Nick's Taco. Nick's Taco, okay. It's amazing. Um, Nick's Taco. Nick's Taco, yeah. N-I-X-T-A-C-O. Um, amazing. They got best dish in Sacramento last gotcha. year. Oh, okay. Yeah, over like all those crazy restaurants. Wow. So, yeah, so that guy opened his restaurant at the same time. So I was working nights there and working days at the cabinet shop. And then... And trying uh, to run a business. But about two to three months before we, we reopened here, I quit all that and just put all my expenses on the credit card and I just sat here and worked with you know our plumber and our electrician and our design people and painter making sure everything's perfect huh. um, and working with the city you know going down to the city and talking to the planning and the building and all these different people and just like driving the last few months to make sure that it, it got done mm. that last 10 percent is hard and expensive you know yeah. it's like nothing but just writing checks and yeah mm-hmm. you just have to like remember that the end goal is there right so interesting yeah so I'm trying to think like what other questions i had so you guys open up and it's like business booming you see like a lot of people come in my question actually had an interesting yeah. question is that you guys feel like because i feel like like business can be somewhat competitive but i feel like like coffee shops aren't competitive with each other or they're not other than like starbucks maybe trying to kill everybody totally. like it's not like but that's like the walmart of like coffee shops or yeah not even a coffee shop technically but like other than that do you guys like have more camaraderie like amongst all the other Definitely. coffee shops in Roseville, or? It, it's sort of like um you know like when you see two ufc fighters and they're just beating the hell out of each other right but at the end they're like hugging and practically kissing each other got it it's kind of like that. Um, we all know that we're fighting the same fight, but there's a lot of respect. Gotcha. Um, and what's great about, like, the reason Walmart, there's no little stores like Walmart anymore, really. Gotcha, Except yeah. in really small towns, you know, where you get a bunch of different random things. Because there's so many products, and you know you can go to Walmart and you can get all of them. But right. the great thing about coffee is there's really only one product and just different variations of it. Right. And so... Even though Starbucks and us are so different in our business model and in our size, we both ultimately offer the same product, which is brewed coffee. Right. And so when people see us, they see us basically as just a way to have a special version of the same experience they get at Starbucks. But I think you guys are like, I mean, not knocking on like Starbucks, I guess that's your business model, but like Starbucks is like offering like... It seems like it's like McDonald's now. It's like offering like everything totally. can it can offer to people to stay in there till like 12 p.m. at night. Versus you guys, it's like I know I want to get coffee from like a coffee shop. When I was going to coffee shops, I know I wanted to like go there to get like quality coffee that's not going to taste like a sugar yeah. stick, you know? Like so that's. But 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think... Um, one thing Starbucks did a couple years ago is they got rid of coffee um, in their name. Wow. Um, so, like, in a lot of new... Lo- you know, like, when you see the green sign? Right. It used to say Starbucks coffee. Now it's just a green sign. And the reason they did that is because they didn't want people to only identify them with as them coffee as a coffee shop. They huh. wanted to branch out into beer and wine and food. And all, they're closing down all their cafe locations. So anything that doesn't have a drive through they're slowly closing them down, except in, like, urban areas where you just can't have a drive through Right. Um, but anywhere in, in the suburbs where they can put in a drive through they're closing them and moving them a block away or, or even remodeling the existing location because they want to be fast food. Um, and that's what sucks about those big corporations is it doesn't really go with their vision and their mission statement. Right. But they have to do it because they're so huge that their their CEO is obligated to make millions and billions of dollars right, right. for their stockholders. And what's great is that it's just my partners and I are the only stockholders. Right. And so our mission and our and our vision can stay pure in the face of also wanting to be successful and grow. We don't have to forfeit that. People ask me all the time, are you gonna get are you gonna get a beer and wine license? Right. No, it's called four score coffee. Yeah. It's you know, where they're yeah. like, how come you don't have, you know, such and such tea? And I'm like, well it's, it's called four score coffee. It's not called, you know, Luke's tea house. I think like people are getting like I mean like well that's probably something that's gotta be like our generation now it's like oh i can go in there and grab like this this and that you know in one spot versus like you know yeah. it being like what you were talking about like small businesses and owning like this guy has a warehouse or a hardware store and this guy has an upholstery store versus like somebody wants it now both in the same spot totally. same thing with like i feel like coffee and like food and beverage like everybody wants it all in the same spot versus uh but i think too you guys i think coffee shops nowadays it might be like you know in on like a hipster side of things maybe that's just it but like i feel like coffee shops have taken over where like the scene was for like like it like i feel you get the same vibe from like an old irish pub that you do in a coffee shop now yeah. versus like i think like you can't go to like like i can't go to a bar and read a book can't do that i couldn't do that right now like any bar in like sacramento i can think of yeah. i could really do that but like but any coffee shop i could do that versus like i think that's how bars used to be so i think i think it's kind of funny that you guys are like taking over that like I see more people my age going to a coffee shop than I do like a, an actual like bar you know yeah. or spending yeah. more time at least in there you know so maybe bars need to change too. yeah I don't know maybe yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know alright well cool guys thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast I've been your host Chris Cameron thanks for being on this dude thanks Chris appreciate it man yeah, yeah. absolutely